this is the third time that the Canon Law Society of America has presented the Role of Law Award to a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago. Ray Geddert received the award in 1975 for his work on due process, and John Dolchemore received it in 1981 for his work in establishing the modern day tribunal. Both of these priests made my job in Chicago infinitely easier since I just had to step into what they had already set up. I also had the privilege of working in Chicago with two other role of law award recipients, Barbara Ann Cusick and Bill Westman, who also enriched my understanding of the law in so many ways. And over the years in the summer program at Catholic University of America, I taught with three other role of law recipients, Rose McDermott, John Beale, and Tom Green. I also served on the Board of Governors with another role of law award recipient, uh, Bob Dealey, uh, who taught me that it was really the role of law award. So I wasn't born a canon lawyer. I was instead always surrounded by what the author of the letter to the Hebrews termed a vast cloud of witnesses who all pointed to the pastoral application of the law. And along the way, I stole a lot from a lot of people. But from the first time I heard Frank Morrissey talk at the Mundelein Institute in 1982, I knew that canon law could be a useful tool in bringing God's grace to the community of God's people. And whether it was the precise analysis of the law by Gus Mendonca, the dynamic teaching style of Rock Paget, or the love of the law exhibited with such creativity and with such insight by Jim Provost and Tom Green, all of these and many more allowed me to see the life-giving ways that the law could be used in the service of God's spirit. It is our privilege as canon lawyers to be able to combine the law of love with the love of law. But we need to do that with what Pope Francis most recently referred to at the opening of the Synod on Amazonia as a daring prudence. Most of us at one time or another have used the quote of St. John Paul II in Sacra Disciplina Legis, that the code is in no way intended as a substitute for faith, grace, and the charisms in the life of the church and of the faithful. On the contrary, its purpose is to rather create such an order in the ecclesial society that while assigning the primacy to faith, grace, and charisms, it at the same time re renders easier their organic development in the life both of the ecclesial society and of the individual persons who belong to it. The challenge of that quote, though, is to see in the work that we are asked to do, the faith, grace, and charisms behind the work that we do, to keep the law at the service of the faith, grace, and charisms that exist in the Christian community. So that instead of asking, what is the law? We must first ask, what is the charism? Where is the grace? Only after recognizing the charism and the grace 
and the faith of the church, can we assist it with that daring prudence that is in the law? One of the areas of the law that I've come to later in life in teaching at Catholic Theological Union in Chicago was religious law. One of the things that I found there was the call to daring prudence that is exemplified in Canon 605 about new forms of religious life. The Canon urges bishops to strive to discern new gifts of consecrated life granted to the church by the Holy Spirit. It contains a reminder that the Spirit is already constantly bestowing upon the church new gifts, and that the duty of bishops is to discern those gifts. The bishop is not to wait for the gifts to come to him. He should be actively searching them out among God's people to understand how God might be enriching the community that has been entrusted to the bishop's care. Pope Francis, in opening the synod last week, expanded that to include all those entrusted with pastoral care in the church. He said, it is the virtue of the pastor who, in order to serve with wisdom, is able to discern, to be receptive to the newness of the spirit with that daring prudence that is itself the gift of the spirit. That too is the task of canonists. So when I teach, particularly when I teach sacramental law, I always tell my students that the purpose of the canons is to make God's grace more accessible to God's people. That's why the canons set the bar so low on what's required minimally for the reception of the sacraments, for baptism, an unbaptized child, for confirmation, the ability to renew one's baptismal promises, for the Eucharist, the ability to distinguish the body of Christ from regular bread, and so on. The code sets the bar low so that God's grace might be poured out on God's people in abundance. We are not the guardians of God's grace, but the dispensers of it. And that's why, as Bill Westman reminded us in accepting the role of law award a few years ago, canonists were called in an earlier age, priests of justice, those who represent and embody the righteousness of God on behalf of God's people. That means before we answer a question, before we give a canonical opinion on something, we really ought to reconnect ourselves with the one whose righteousness we embody. I served on the Metropolitan Tribunal of Chicago for 27 years. And as those of you who also serve on tribunals know, people are not always at their best when they call us. Especially in my early years, there were a number of stormy phone calls. They were never satisfying. But as time went on, I tried doing something different before those calls, and sometimes in the middle of them. I tried praying. Before I returned a call, and sometimes in the midst of a call, I asked God to allow me to say what the person needed to bring them God's peace. 
and I found that it worked. My angry phone calls diminished, and even when I was telling the person things that they didn't want to hear or things that they disagreed with, the words that I used were not hurtful. They were words that were aimed at healing and words that in some way communicated God's grace. I continued those prayers before the other things that I did as well, in handling sexual misconduct cases, in writing decrees closing parishes, or decrees establishing institutions within the archdiocese, in dealing with the sometimes messiness of parish life or diocesan life, and even before the canon law classes that I teach. In addition to the adage, think before you speak, I also added, pray before you speak. Bring Jesus into the conversation. It is part of keeping before one's eyes the salvation of souls. I found it was the way that I did that, looking first at the charism to which I would apply the law, looking for ways to make God's grace more accessible to the community, praying for the wisdom to say the right thing. I thank the Board of Governors for this honor, but most of all, I thank all of those canonists with whom I was privileged to work and who have taught me so much along the way. <laughs>